I think it's essential to monitor in a field that is as big as cybersecurity because we can quickly get lost or discouraged because there's so, so much information and subfields also in cybersecurity. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Cybersecurity Sessions, our regular podcast talking about all things cybersecurity with myself, Andy Still, CTO and founder of Netasia, the world's first fully agentless bot management product. In this episode, we're going to discuss whether the cybersecurity industry is as accessible as it could be. Anyone who's involved in hiring will know it's usually a struggle to find talented people with there being more jobs than there are available applicants. So it's easy to assume that it's an industry that's easy to get into and to progress in. Today, we're going to be discussing whether there is still problems within the cybersecurity industry, addressing things like skills gaps and ensuring that all communities are represented. To discuss this topic, we're lucky to be joined by Gabrielle Botball, who has been helping find the next generation of security professionals. Welcome, Gabrielle. Great pleasure to talk to you today. Before we start, could you quickly introduce yourself for our listeners? Yeah, sure. So I am an offensive security consultant at Desjardins, which is the biggest financial cooperative in North America. And uh, four years ago, I switched from developer to pen tester. But uh, before that, I was uh, an actress <laughs> and I was passionate about technology. So uh, my curiosity and my love to uh, always learn new things brought me where I am today. That's great. Yeah. Can we start by just looking a little bit at your journey in the industry? So I believe you're completely self-taught and have progressed to be one of the top 20 women in cybersecurity in Canada. Can you just talk us through what that journey was like? Yeah. So um, uh, in high school, I uh, studied arts and literature, so to, to become an actress. But um, at home, I really loved to program websites about theater and at uh, that time, I did not get there to go in computer science, uh, and I was not really sure what I wanted to do. And also my parents and my school teachers, they saw me more in literature studies. So that, that's how I became an actress. And on the side, I was a hotel receptionist. But my passion about programming it became bigger. And uh, on working holiday visa in Canada 12 years ago, I had the opportunity to work um, in IT. And so when I came back in France, I decided to pass a bachelor degree in computer science. But um, after this, I, I got hired in a big company. And when I was working there as a developer, I, I found myself, you know, questioning the security of the apps I delivered. So um, I began to do my research to find a training to become a pen tester. But unfortunately, uh, no training fitted my profile or they were too expensive. So I decided to make my own program and, um, well, that's how I got hired as a pen tester because I, I documented all this program in a blog. And, uh, now I have been working as a pen tester for around three years. Yeah. And I think that's probably a familiar story for many developers. So coming from developer background, there was often not a lot of consideration given to security and there was a lot of challenges trying to get certainly some developers to, to take that seriously. Does that, is that kind of what you were seeing? Yes, uh, that is it. But I feel like it's getting better, uh, these days. We see a lot of, uh, uh, application security now, which was not that much before. So it's getting better, but, uh, uh, when I studied the uh, computer science, there was not a lot of, uh, you know, security uh, courses. Um, in my, in my university or in, uh, in my program. 
I did not have, uh, you know, computer security courses, which, which is strange for someone who is going to develop apps, but yeah, that was, the, <laughs> that was the case. Yeah. And I think looking at universities now, it is, I think cybersecurity degrees are becoming more common, but even then there seems to still be a distinction. You know, you do computer science or you do cybersecurity and the computer science may have a you know, a beginner's course to cybersecurity, but you kind of go down one or other pathway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the, the journey that you've been on, obviously the challenges that you face trying to, to address that, has that inspired you to mentor others then? Yes. Um, you know, it's important uh, for me to share my journey, but, uh, more importantly to share the resource that helped me uh, build my program. Because uh, you know, so I, I think it's essential to monitor uh, in a field that is as big as cybersecurity because we can quickly get lost or discouraged because there's so, so much information and subfields also in cybersecurity. So uh, for a few years, I've been involved in several communities to monitor different people, including women in cyber. And um, I, I wanted to share my experience with them, but, you know, mainly help them avoid wasting time on specific questions I had during my process. So yeah, for me, uh, mentoring is also a way to show that it is possible to succeed in cybersecurity, even if you don't have a technical background or, you know, cannot afford university fees because, uh, that was my case and, and, uh, well, look where I am today. So yeah. Why, why do you think it is that certain communities are underrepresented in the cyber world? I think we, we need to switch from awareness to, to building a, a cybersecurity popular culture, um, because it's essential for, for it to become a lifestyle. And this way we might be able to have more people from underrepresented communities. But what I hear is that, um, there are a lot of women that are willing to join the industry, but some of them don't stay because they don't have the codes and it was an industry that was led by, uh, you know, uh, men for a long time, but uh, now I feel like it's getting better. There are a lot of programs, uh, to, you know, a lot of communities also to help women uh, get in and also, uh, GLBTQ plus and, the, and BIPOC and a lot of, uh, people from underrepresented communities. So I feel like it's getting better, but I still think that we need to make it more broad. If you see what I mean. Yeah, I do. Cause I, I think it can be, it can be quite an intimidating industry. I think looking at it from the outside can be quite a reputation of, you know, if you're not hitting certain levels, if you've not got all certain levels of knowledge that you would not be made to feel welcome. Um, and I don't know whether that's kind of reflects your experience at all. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I also often hear that, uh, uh when a woman is going to see uh, a job posting, she's not always going to apply unless she has uh, all the, the, the requirements, but, uh, on the contrary, you know, men are going to apply anyway, even they have uh, not half of the requirements. So, you know, I think this is, this goes in how we, uh, women were educated and how men were educated. There is this bias is getting, you know, later. So. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, it can be intimidating also because this is uh, a field that has a lot of technical aspects and everything. And so uh, uh, for everybody, uh, 
a lot of, you know, the education we had, it seems like um, uh, uh, women were not allowed to be technical in a way by society. Uh, so thankfully it's starting to change now. But yeah, I feel like it might be intimidating. And that's why also we need more role models and uh, more uh, women who made it to showcase that they were able to do it and that it's completely uh, possible for any woman who wants to, to be technical or who wants to go in cybersecurity and, and, and work there. There are, you know, plenty of successful women. And that's why we have, you know, uh, awards or things like this. This, this is a way to make them uh, visible. So. I'm, I'm really happy that we see more and more awards and more and more uh, women who are mentoring other women and a lot of these communities I mentioned, th that's great. That's, that's getting better, but uh, we have to continue this hard work. Yeah. And it sounds like it needs addressing kind of at all levels. And I'm thinking of, obviously there's the side that you're talking about. So there's mentoring. And I think, for example, education, do you think this is something we should be addressing much earlier in the education journey of, you know, right from kind of young school age and things like that. Yeah, totally. Uh, as I just mentioned, you know, we need to switch from awareness to building this as a cyber culture because it's, it's essential for it to become a lifestyle. I mean, uh, cyber gen, you know, it needs to be a habit. And for this to happen, we need, you know, for example, a cyber community to double its efforts to popularize cyber security. And we also need companies to apply privacy and security by designs policy. But we also need uh, public services to train young people in computer hygiene from yeah, really an early age. And, you know, uh, also uh, launch uh, national advertising campaigns to stay safe online. This would definitely be helpful. So if you were um, talking to employers, what would be your message to try and encourage more, more people from other communities, uh, more women? to try and basically what can employers do to help this situation? I feel like they should uh, first uh, make their job posting more accessible. It's getting better now, but before it looked addressed to men because of the pronouns that were used and things like this. They should also let uh, beginners and uh, people know that they anyone can, can apply, you know, because I, I have a fun story about this actually. My first uh, opportunity uh, in Canada as a pen tester, uh, I applied for a posting that was for uh, experience. Um, they were looking for a senior position. But I, I, I figured, okay, I'm just going to apply anyway and, and see if uh, my profile is interesting to them. And they, they actually asked me to come and to do the interview, you know. So maybe company could uh, also post a junior position posting. And, um, so that they could, uh, actually attract more talents. And if someone is not experienced, if someone does not have all the criteria, we can still give a, give this person a chance because, uh, everything can be learned. So it's really, you know, important to stress that out. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And I think that highlighting the fact that you mentioned it earlier, that particularly women tend to not apply for roles where they think they may not have all the necessary kind of or specified attributes, that actually being a bit looser on that and having more things as optional and less things as required attributes, I think is a, is a good call. Experiencing bot attacks, but don't know who's attacking. 
You need a bespoke threat insights report from Netasea's threat intelligence experts to break down how you're being attacked and advise on how to reduce bot attack risk. Visit netasea.com slash threat insights for more. I always think from a, an employer point of view as well, that if you have those kind of wider adverts, then, and you're willing to take a chance on people that if you look at the kind of spread of people in your team and trying to get as, as much variety of backgrounds and et cetera within the team, then actually makes for a better team. So not being so prescriptive and then you get the wider range of applicants, then you can take a chance on, on people. Yeah, completely. And I mean, you know, a, a team is full of uh, various people. So, uh, um, people can learn from, uh, from each other also. And so it's a good way to, for anyone to, to get better. And so we definitely need different skills and different, that's how we progress. That's how everyone progress. That's, you know, the team dynamic. Yeah. Different and different backgrounds just bring different perspectives yes. and different skills. Um, so I think it's really interesting to take that into consideration when you're defining who you're looking for. Do you have any particular success stories from your the mentoring work that you've done that you think is worth sharing? You know, a while ago, uh, I, I mentored uh, uh, someone who, um, who was, who has, who had a different background. Uh, she was from uh, biology and she, um, she went to uh, cybersecurity and uh, today she's, uh, she's, she's in cybersecurity and she's very, very uh, happy. And, uh, so yeah, that, you know, that's the kind of thing that then makes me want to continue on this effort because uh, I think it's important. She can show that it's possible and everything. So spread the world and. <laughs> well, and it only takes one success story like that. And then hopefully that will spread and we'll see more, more and more of those things. So if there are other people listening, who want to get involved and in, do things like kind of the mentoring things that you do, how would, how would someone go about getting involved in that? Uh, so there are a lot of uh, different communities that offer a mentoring process for a lot of things. Uh, for instance, you have, uh, uh, that is something that is very good. I'm going to talk at the Diana initiative soon, and they, uh, offer, uh, the possibility to, uh, um, pair you up with someone who is going to help you with your talk. If you're, if you want, you know, to make it better before, before the, the T day. So you have this side also, that is very, very, very great. And they also offer a mentoring opportunity if you want uh, to uh, help someone uh, make their call for paper better. So this is a way. But also for um, women in cybersecurity, you have a lot of communities that will um, ask for people to mentor. Uh, so uh, there is the CyberSafe Foundation, uh, with uh, which I'm uh, working uh, this year. And they, they are actually help uh, women in Africa to, uh, get the uh, technical skills in cybersecurity and, uh, different skills in cybersecurity. And so it's called a cyber girls program. It's really great. And, uh, there's also a lot of, um, different, uh, communities like this, the women's society, cyber too. They, they also have monitoring uh, possibilities. And also I know that on Twitter, uh, there is this hashtag called monitoring Monday. And there's a post, uh, I think uh, it's Tanya Dranka who's posting it. And she said, if you want someone to, uh, she, she actually tried to pair the people who needs to be mentored and uh, people who are willing to mentor other people. So that's a, that's also a very nice uh, uh, and very good way to get involved and mentor someone. 
Excellent. I've known a few people who've been involved in mentoring and find it such a rewarding experience. And I think there's probably a similar level of reticence for people to, to mentor as to, to enter the industry. And I think you will have something to give to the people who are looking for mentors. Um, and it is a very rewarding thing to do. So mentioned, um, Gabrielle, that you have created your six steps to become a pen tester. Do you want to, um, share us a bit more information about that? Yeah, sure. So uh, I base my program on a lifelong learning education science concept called Apprenance. And um, it briefly says that learning can take many different forms and it can happen in many different situations. And so I organized this program around six steps. And so the first is e-learning, you know, to learn about the fundamentals in cybersecurity. The second is conferences to meet people, to network, and to learn about different topics in cybersecurity. Uh, the third one is uh, capture the flag competition or capture the flag platforms to practice in a fun way. And the fourth one is uh, internship to get to know the industry from the inside. And the fifth one is uh, volunteering to meet uh, like-minded people and, and to network because it's really, really important to have a good network. And the sixth one is a learning expedition to learn about research in cybersecurity. And uh, as a resource, I can offer my blog, which is um, csbygb.github.io. And in there, I explain my steps and I made also multiple libraries of resources to, to learn pen tests. There's actually a link to my Git book there. And also, if you follow me on LinkedIn, I regularly post a list of resources about uh, different topics. It can be uh, in pen test, but it can also be in cybersecurity uh, more generally. Excellent. That sounds like a great program. I think what what I like about the, the, the program you've put together there is it does so much to kind of demythologize the work that you'd be doing and make it more real. Um, and once you get into it and actually talk to people who were doing it, um, you'll probably realize it's not as scary as you might have thought it was. It's not as challenging as you might have thought it was. And you know, there's a route to get from where you are today to where you will need to be, but it's not anywhere near as scary as probably you might be thinking it is. Yeah, exactly. When you start to, you know, take the steps and meet people and go to conference, you really, uh, you really see that, uh, first you discover, uh, new fields in within cybersecurity that you probably, you maybe did not know existed. Like that's what happened to me. I, I, I saw that there were so, so many fields. I, I had not imagined how, how broad it was. And, uh, and yes, it really, uh, dramatize uh, the, the complexity of cybersecurity. And I realized that it's completely something, uh, uh really fascinating and really interesting and, and not complicated as everyone uh, are trying to make it complex, but it's totally something anyone can do and, and, uh, in different ways. And, and you know, what I like also, it's a very various and, uh, it's, it can be, uh, it can be low, it can be politic, it can be a technique, it can be a mathematic, it can be philosophy, psychology, you know, it's so, so different topics in the one same area it's, it's really really fascinating yeah so and it's it's really easy to get to something that's quite rewarding as well you know you'll soon get to the point where you've genuinely made a difference and you've stopped something bad from happening to someone which is 
which adds a lot of value to, to what you're doing when you can see that kind of real world impact. Yeah. I mean, I have this feeling when I, uh, when I'm doing pen test and, uh, I, I discover vulnerability, I'm very happy because I feel like, uh, this way I'm going, the, the application is going to, or, or the system is going to be uh, better and, uh, and, and more secure. And that's, that's really a really rewarding feeling. <laughs> yeah, it is. You've, you've, you've genuinely stopped someone's data from being stolen, some system from being compromised. So just to, to finish up today, if there was one piece of advice that you're giving to a young person interested in getting into cybersecurity, what would it be? Um, I would say don't give up and never stop learning, uh, aim for the moon and, uh, everything's going to be just okay. And don't be shy, uh, you know, ask people, um, on LinkedIn, uh, talk to people on conferences. Uh, this is definitely something that will, uh, help a lot. Excellent. That is very, very good advice. And I think that's a great way to wind up the show for today. So thank you very much, Gabrielle. It's been a great conversation today. And um, thanks everyone for listening. As usual, if you have any feedback, you can do that via our Twitter account, which is at CyberSecPod. Um, or you can email us at podcast at um, Please subscribe, please leave a review. And I hope you all enjoyed conversation today thank you again gabrielle thank you for having me and goodbye everyone's and we'll see you on the next episode <laughs>